With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, we're talking to USA Football's Sam Rappaport about youth football and the future of it for boys and girls across the country. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the sports gal pal herself, Ramona Rice. Welcome to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why the sports fans in your life scream at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal and on sportsgalpal.com. So what did I learn this week? Humility is not for champions. What a busy week in sports. We've crowned two major championships. The first, the Chicago Blackhawks and their fans. Congratulations on your sixth National Hockey League championship in seven games against Tampa Bay Lightning. Just an incredible performance and well done. And the Golden State Warriors for the National Basketball Association, the NBA, their first championship since 1975, the first championship that they've gotten in my lifetime. Um, just an incredible performance again all year long by the crew of Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson. Um, just so many good things coming out of this team. They showed what it's like to play true team basketball, to still have a great superstar, to play amazing defense, which I am a big fan of. And of course, to just seem like they just had a really good time. So well done. I'm super happy for their fan base. And it was just an exciting series to watch because there was a real debate going on in sports about the role of LeBron James. And many were saying that he should have gotten the finals MVP, even though he was on the opposite team. It felt like, honestly, because with the injuries and just the lack of depth for the Cleveland Cavaliers bench, that it was really LeBron James versus the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, the Cavaliers made it really interesting. The Warriors had to beat him in six. And it's brought up a lot of different um, conversation in sports forums and blogs everywhere. And sports is one of those things like politics. People have very strong opinions. And sometimes they don't have facts to back them up. And that drives me crazy because it takes so little to Google like what you need to know nowadays. So I would, I'm part of a bunch of Facebook groups just to see what fans are saying and to do a little trash talk. It's, it's fun. I enjoy it. And during one of the groups, the day after, you know, the Warriors defeated the Cavaliers in the sixth game, she wrote, I'm happy LeBron lost. I don't know about basketball. But I saw that interview he did talking about being he's the best in the league. Boy, stop. Humble yourself. That's what you get for capping your head up too much. Shake my head. Oh, my God. I hate fans like this. First, when you put in there, I don't know about basketball as your beginning topic sentence. And then you put a but. Then I I just lose all credibility for you, number one. 
because why should I value your opinion? It's just, it's ridiculous. So, and what really drives me nuts about the statement is this humble yourself thing. Why? The definition of being humble is having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's importance. When this happens in your life, when we choose to be humble, that means we allow other people to come before our own needs and desires, which sometimes you need to do. Any moms and dads out there, you know you've had to do that several times with your tiny humans. I know I have. But in order to be at anything in life, at a championship quality level, you can't be humble. That is the most ridiculous and ludicrous statement. And it's coming from a person who obviously has limited her own reactions in life. So if you're listening to this, whoever put that up there, stop it. I am giving you permission to not be humble in your lives. Break free and do the hard work it takes to do what you need to do. Because guess what? That's the exact opposite of humility. Because to be humble means that you're not going to take the time to work out. You're not going to take the time to do drills. You're not going to take the time to make sure you have the right nutrition plan, the right massage therapist, the right stretching, the right travel accommodations. Sometimes it feels like, oh, they're prima donnas because they want, you know, a good hotel room. Well, guess what? They need sleep in order to make sure their bodies are performing at a high function. LeBron James does not need to be humble in his position. He is the greatest basketball player in the world. Some would argue the greatest of all time, and he has the stats to back him up. And some would even say he's the greatest athlete of all time, including other athletes. I have a link to an article by ESPN talking about that from other athletes' perspectives on LeBron James and his legacy. When the media is suggesting that you, your team is likely not to win the championship, but your star player should win the most valuable player award of that series, that means you don't have to be humble anymore. That's, that's the most ridiculous thing for fans to, to think about. Professional athletes that are the best in their business are the exact opposite definition of humble. It doesn't mean they get to be jerks. It doesn't mean that, you know, they get to be prima donnas. But what the outside, you know, perspective of a fan feels like it's prima donna hood is really the necessities they need in order to compete at a high functioning level. And look at some of the things that he has done in his career. I've got a full list on sportsgalpod.com in the show notes, but he has, you know, he's a two-time NBA champion. He has been to six NBA finals. He's a two-time NBA... NBA Finals MVP. He is one the most valuable player of all the um, in National Basketball Association four times. He has 11 times been an NBA All-Star. He was the Rookie of the Year his rookie season, and he's been named to countless first teams, second teams, in various different degrees. The guy is phenomenal. He is a rare talent. We're so lucky to be able to watch and witness how great he is at his sport, how great he is at his craft. And I'm sorry, did we need Da Vinci to be humble? Did we need Muhammad Ali to be humble? You you don't have, humble is the wrong word. Do you want them to be polite and not self-serving? I guess. But in order to do the things that he does, he's got to be selfish. He has to be selfish. So. Stop it. I am giving you permission in your life. You don't have to be humble. You can be gracious. That's a, that's always appropriate. But you don't have to be humble. 
low importance. If, if you are putting yourself in a low importance, that means everything and everyone else is above you. And I'm sorry, there are no rewards or trophies for that. But there are championship rings and banners for those who decide to put in the work. And for those who appear on the outside to be selfish. I was introduced to our interview this week, Sam Rappaport, who is the Director of Football Development for USA Football, thanks to an article on Yahoo Sports about the first all-girls tackle football league in the country. In an era where parents are growing cautious about head injuries, USA Football is creating programs to make football safer, thus helping us maintain a level of competitiveness for a game that the majority of Americans love. Plus, Sam is a former professional athlete herself. She was a former quarterback, and she is really unique in the world of sports because her professionalism comes from playing professional football. I found her fascinating, and she was really interesting to talk to. All right, gals and pals, my guest today is Sam Rappaport. She is the Director of Football Development for USA Football, and she oversees the NFL Flag, Punt, Pass, and Kick programs, as well as Women Tackle Development and three of the Team USA's Women's and Men's National Teams. She also sits on the board of the first-ever All-Girls Tackle Football League, the Utah Girls Tackle Football League, and she has, in the past, was worked for the NFL, where she was awarded the NFL Commissioner's Innovation Award for creation of a program that fosters football participation among girls nationwide. On Sundays in the fall, she is working in the NFL's Officiating Command Center, and she monitors one game a week in the new centralized replay system. She has been playing football since the age of 12 as a quarterback for several women's tackle and flag football league teams. Welcome to the Sports Gal Pals, Sam. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Now, I always ask all my guests the same opening question. How did you get into sports? I got into sports. Uh, I played, you know, from a very young age. But when I was about 12 years old, uh, my father found um, an article in the newspaper advertising a girls' touch football league in my community in Canada where I grew up. Um, and I immediately, my father was a football player as well, and I immediately wanted to play, so he brought me to first practice. Uh, I took to it, as my mom would say, like a duck to water, and I just fell in love with it. Um, and I've been playing football ever since, um, in addition to basketball, track, um, and a couple other sports. So just an all-well-rounded kind of athletic experience growing up. Yeah, I played um, as many sports as I possibly could growing up, and that's something that you know we highly encourage um, the young boys and girls to kind of you know, not necessarily specialize in a sport, but enjoy all sports because there's no question that, you know, I felt like basketball as a point guard made me a better uh, quarterback in football. And, you know, I took a lot of strength from different sports and filled them in others. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed any, anything that I could possibly do that was athletic. Yeah, that's so true. If you ask any, um, you know, if you look at the bios of any of the NFL stars that people follow, I guarantee you they played other sports other than football growing up. It's just a wide variety of sports that they that they've played in the past. So I think it, you're right. I think it makes a well-rounded individual, and you know you shouldn't pigeonhole yourself ever in life. So and USA football. A lot of my listeners may not know what that is. What is USA football? Sure. So USA football is the governing body for youth and amateur football in the country. Um, so we create standards and best practices for how to teach the game. Um, and create a better, safer opportunity for kids. Um, and we we also kind of train the trainer to um, allow coaches to teach the sport um, in a more informative and a better and a safer way. Yeah, and so this is not, you know, I'm sure a lot of parents remember football kind of growing up, or especially dads who are listening. 
it's really different. Youth football is very different from how they played, correct? Very much so. And what are yeah, some of the specific things you guys are doing? Uh, so the sport has, you know, has gone through a great evolution since it started. But, you know, right now, USA Football created, um, you know, a certified course for coaches to take uh, so they can become certified in teaching the sport the proper way. Um, you know, we are we are one of the uh, we are one of the two sports in the country, I believe, that have a nationally accredited course um, that covers things like coaching philosophy, heads up tackling, heads up blocking, heat and hydration protocols, uh, CDC approved concuss- concussion recognition and response, um, how to communicate with young athletes, and so and you know and so on. So, uh, you know, we really believe that every coach should be certified before stepping onto a football field, and that's something that has changed dramatically in the past five years. And how many coaches right now do you know, estimate, are currently certified with your program? Um, I think there are about, you know, I don't know the exact number of how many are certified, but I know, you know, within the Heads Up community, about 50% of uh, youth, youth football leagues right now are running uh, Heads Up programming, and that's increasing every day. And, you know, every, every league that I've been working with has been, uh, has been administering Heads Up practices as well. So the number is is high right now, and it's only increasing as we, uh, as, you know, as we further promote the course. And how how does the course work for coaches? So let's say that I'm a volunteer for my son or daughter's youth football league. How would I get this course? So the heads up football program, I think, which is probably the best thing to describe here, is something that any league can start. Um, so if a league decides they want to be a heads up football league, um, they contact USA Football, they sign up with us. And the basis of it is they have to assign a player safety coach to their lead. Um, so that player safety coach would attend one of USA Football's in-person trainings and learn from our master trainers how to teach the sport properly, how to keep the head out of the game, how to tackle with your head up, how to block with your head up. Um, and that player safety coach would then go back to his or her league and train that league on how to teach the sport properly. Um, and in addition to that, all the coaches in um, – that particular youth football organization would take our USA football um, level one coaches certification course um, that they can do completely online. And it's, you know, in addition to that training, it also teaches them how to teach the sport properly and safely. Now you're also involved in a new football league. And this is how I discovered you. I read an article on Yahoo sports about the Utah tackle football league. Um, can you, for girls, can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's the first ever, to our knowledge, of girls tackle football league that has existed in the world. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that most people listening to your program have heard of Sam Gordon, uh, who was, you know, a, a nine-year-old football phenom whose highlights went viral, and, uh, you know, and became an instant kind of youth athlete celebrity in the country. And so, uh, you know, she was at a school assembly not too long ago, three, four months ago, um, and asked the girls in the audience, you know, if there was a girls tackle football league, who would play? And every single hand went up in the audience. And so she came home to her dad and said, Dad, you know, I think it's time for us to do this. And her dad said, let's do it. And so he contacted a lady by the name of Crystal Sacco, who's a formal, former female tackle football player, um, and together, you know, decided to start this league, called me to, to help out and provide some guidance. Um, and, you know, the, the three of us, in addition, the four of us, sorry, in, in addition to some other people, Celtic Bank locally who helped sponsor it, um, you know, decided to, to kick this league off. And within three days of registration going up, the league reached its capacity. Um, and I, was, I just came back from Salt Lake City and, you know, in speaking to some of the moms, a lot of them said that within five minutes of registration going up, they had their daughter registered. 
Um, so it's it's definitely there's a lot of excitement drawing around this league, um, and probably one of the most exciting parts is I've been contacted by so many people around the country who want to do the same thing, who say, you know, my girl has always wanted to play tackle football but didn't feel comfortable playing with boys. Uh, so I want to start a league of my own. And so there really is a little girls tackle football revolution starting right now, and it's, it's really exciting to be a part of it. I, I think it's awesome. Like I could so see my daughter, even though she wants to be a cheerleader, I could I could so see her at least wanting to do it because she's already tackling her big brother anyway. So mm-hmm. if nothing else, they would learn how to do that safely <laughs> at home before I had to pull them apart. So yeah, and uh, you know, I just think it's terrific too for the NFL because uh, you know if you play a sport, you typically want to follow it you know, at a professional level, even if you don't play it as an adult. And so many ways, you know, basketball and baseball have entry points for girls, but so far football, yeah, there's flag football, but tackle is something completely different. And I think it's great that these are starting to come out all over the country and that there's a real need for girls saying, hey, I want to be Peyton Manning too. And I think that's great. No question. I mean, the NFL definitely recognizes, you know, 45% of its fan base is female and it has a great uh, fan avidity um, in the female market. And I think that you know, but what what they tend to focus on, and you know, I I used to work at the office, is you know they want girls involved in the sport like boys, and you know we ran a, a lot of programs while I was at the league office to help girls get involved in football, and you know in in looking on the sidelines, you know one of the, the quarterbacks of the team, she calls all her own plays, and she studies her playbook every day. Her mom says, and you know she's eleven, um, and so you know she came off the field yeah. and she's like, yeah, I watch Peyton Manning organize an offense, and I do the same thing. Uh, you know, that is so remarkable for me for an 11-year-old to be sitting there studying plays every day and calling her own plays. Uh, you know, most most Boyd quarterbacks, I don't think, do that at that age. So um, it's incredible. And to your point about, you know, your daughter, it's so interesting in speaking to the girls in the Utah Tackle League that a lot of them came from dance and cheerleading. But they said to me that they wanted, they just wanted to be involved in football, and the closest they could get to it was, was cheerleading. And so they said to me, well, I don't really want to cheerlead anymore i want to play i've always wanted to play and so it's really interesting that a lot of these girls came from from that area came from not playing sports at all and just you know finally found a place where they felt like they belonged in sports uh and they're flourishing and it's, it's so incredible to see now there are again some moms and dads out there who are concerned because there's been you know a lot of reports about concussions and, inju- and injuries, you know, and that can happen across any youth sport. I want to be really clear about that. You know, whether they're playing soccer or even ballet, you know, which is technically you know it's an athletic, you can fall and get a concussion. So let's let's be really clear about that. What is some advice that you can tell parents about if their child really wants to play tackle football and they might be a little bit nervous? I think the first question that a parent should ask the league that is, you know, closest to them or the league they prefer to um, register their child in is, is are you heads up certified? Because for me as a parent, I would want to know that every coach is trained to teach the sport properly because that really is the biggest risk. Um, so, you know, as a parent, that would be my first question to say, are all the coaches trained to do this properly? Uh, the second thing would be just to do their, their research and their due diligence and look at, look at the research and see that it's exactly what you just mentioned, that you know, concussions in particular are not a sport-specific issue. I mean, it, it, it's across all sports, um, and it's not a girl-boy issue either. Um, you know, it, it really is a sport issue, and I think the sports that are doing, you know, their due diligence to create programming to create a safer environment for sport are the ones where participation is going to increase. Um, and, and participation in youth football is increasing. Um, many other youth sports are decreasing right now, and tackle football, you know, is increasing. And, you know, we hope that you can attribute, you know, the, our safety program to that, and parents are starting to feel that safer 
uh, now that coaches are trained to do it properly. Whereas in the past, it was it was all just based on you know what the coach felt like the proper technique was. Now you have a governing body saying we you know through our partnerships with major medical organizations, uh, you know this is what we recommend or how you should be teaching a sport to a boy and girl. And that you know from from my perspective as as you know a, a, a prospective parent, that would be the first question. And again, and a lot of my listeners are what I would call casual fans or they're brand new to sports in general. And I always ask all of my experts, what kind of advice can you give to my listeners about if they want to become a better fan of, well, we'll talk about football because that's what we're talking about. What can they do? Um, I think, you know, the number one way that I would always recommend is to get involved. And I think that, um, that the best way to do that is playing. And I think that you learn a sport really quickly by playing or watching. So, you know, I started loving football, so I got into it and played. You know, my mother knew absolutely nothing about football, but came to every game on the sidelines and, you know, observed it and watched. And I talked to her about it before and after. And, you know, that really immersed her in the game. And now she, uh, her and I can have a really intelligent conversation about tackle football and flag football because, you know, she kind of immersed herself in the game. So I think that's a great way to do it, whether you want to play, if you don't have the you know, if you don't want to actually play, then just go and experience it. And I think that's the greatest way for you to become immersed in it. Uh, but I think there's also, like, there's, there are, you know, USA Football has a course online, kind of the A to Z of football that you can take as well if you want to get the general knowledge. Uh, or obviously just kind of speaking to someone that knows and tell them you want to get involved and, like, how, uh, you know, if they can share any information, that would be great. And I think, you know, those are all great ways to get involved in football, but I think playing it is always, you know, no matter what your age or gender is, is always the number one way to get immersed. Was your mom one of those moms that would cheer for you no matter what? Like, if you accidentally threw an interception, she'd still cheer and go, it's okay? Was she one of those moms? <laughs> yeah, she was She was the loudest mom, and she's not a very loud person, which is which was really funny, but she just got really into it, uh, you know, because I was so into it, so she was, she was the mom that no matter what was going on in the field, uh, you know, she was cheering like crazy, and you know, it was just very funny to hear. You know, at the beginning, it was all, it was almost like a cheerleader, and towards the end of the season, it was like you know, she was, you know, yelling, "It's fourth down! You should have gone, Mama!" You know, like she has like that type of analysis uh, on it now, which was really remarkable for my dad and I to kind of observe. Funny, yeah. I've, I've got a couple of girlfriends that ask me when they they're cheering on their children. I'm like, no, you can't cheer for everything. They make a mistake. Don't you know? Don't criticize them but don't cheer for that good job no 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 that's that's embarrassing don't be that mom <laughs> okay i can't say i'm not going to be that mom <laughs> well it's hard i mean you know I, my babies they, they're into, really into soccer and they're not that they're okay i'll, I'll put it like that unfortunately they have they have my hand-eye coordination and um you know both of them want to play goalie and it's it's a big I, I just i'm like okay and i try to be like just calm i try to be the calm mom <laughs> and just keep my my opinion to myself because you has, and here's the big, big rule if you're watching youth sports don't criticize other people's kids because their mamas are around you and just just don't do that that's not cool at all ever definitely not um, you want to be that parent that sets the example on how on how to you know observe and be a, a good kind of parent and observer of, of youth sports and i'm sure we've all seen that parent that everyone knows is you know everyone's looking at and, and criticizing and you know Youth sports, but really, the reason kids play sports is to have fun. It's not to, you know, as, as much as people say it is to win or to make the NFL one day or the NBA or whatever the sport is. Like, kids leave a sport if it's, not, if it's not fun. So parents need to make sure that they're contributing to making sure that the sport is fun. And when kids hear parents yelling inappropriate things or, you know, something from the sidelines, it, 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 it takes away from their fun and it may, you know, remove them from the sport one day. So I think it's incumbent on everyone to create a positive atmosphere for youth and sports. And like you said, if you're a mom that cheers, you know, the interceptions, 
you know, my estimation, that's okay. Um, you know, as long as you're, you know, you're not, you're being kind of responsible for supporting to your kid. And like you said, respectful to other kids as well. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end this. Okay, how can um, the moms and dads out there connect with USA Football? Um, so we are, usafootball.com is our website, um, and we list all of our staff members. So depending on, you know, what association you'd like with us, if you want to find out more about Heads Up Football, there's contact information uh, information on our contact us page. Uh, you contact me for anything as it pertains to girls or, or women's. Uh, tackle or flag football at my contact information. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you're able to share it or I can share it at the end of the program. Of course um, you can. Uh, my, my email address is, the best way to reach me is probably email, and it's S is in Sam. Rappaport is R-A-P-O-P-O-R-T at usafootball.com. Um, and you can go online and find my email address at well. My name's Sam Rappaport. So happy to speak to anyone that wants to start a league or get their, their girl in a league. Um, and if, you know, any parent out there that's listening has any questions about USA football, well, check out our contact us section. You'll find the most appropriate person to speak to so you can go directly to the source and, and start, uh, you know, learning how to teach a better, safer game. Excellent, excellent. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on to the show today and sharing a little bit about USA football and its mission. It's it's so great to see that, you know, youth football is alive and well because I love football like so many people in our country. And, you know, we need little kids to play football so we can get the next Peyton Manning. That's exactly it. Football, you know, in my biased opinion, is the most incredible sport in the world. It, it, it instills such incredible values and character traits in kids and, and you know, that that stay with you until adulthood. And, you know, I'm such a big proponent for playing the sport. I played it at every level, at every discipline growing up. And what it has done for me is, you know, immeasurable. And I, I just, you know, want to continue to give back to it. And I think that, you know, if anyone else can get that out of football, it's, it's something that a parent should, should consider offering to their kid. Excellent. And again, all of the links to Sam and USA Football are going to be on my show notes at sportsgalpal.com. And again, you can connect with Sam at usafootball.com. Thanks again to Sam Rappaport from USA Football for coming on to the show. She was absolutely fantastic, and she very nicely squeezed me into a very busy week. She was actually coming from a trip from Salt Lake where she was meeting with the all-girls tackle football league board directors, and she's busy getting ready for an exciting football season. So I really appreciate it. And again, I really encourage parents to check out usafootball.com, find out what programs there are, and check out the, you know, Heads Up Clinics. I think that it's really important to, you know, maintain a quality level of future player development for the National Football League, and I want to do it as safely as possible. So thanks again to Sam. So my question of the week comes from Trisha from Georgia, and she writes that she was with her husband and a group of their friends, and normally she said she can keep up with the conversation if it turns to sports, but then all of a sudden they started talking about trades and salary caps, and she asked, well, what are salary caps and why do professional sports have them? And Trisha, this is a common um, question that a lot of sports fans are really confused about. Salary caps can be really complicated, and it. But realistically, they're actually really simple. It's just, of course, when human beings are involved, it becomes more complicated. So, in essence, a salary cap is an agreement or a rule that places a limit on the amount of money that a team can spend on the total of their players playing. 
And the idea of it is to allow teams in a league to have parity, where they all are kind of equally matched. So it makes it a fair and equal kind of playing field, saying we're going to give you this much room that you can spend, and that's it. Um, if you spend any more than that, you, there could be something called a luxury tax, or there could be fines or real big penalties. So... Um, the idea of it is again to limit the total number of per player salaries so that the smaller sports markets can compete with the bigger sports markets. And what it really allows people to do is that it gives each club roughly the same economic power to attract players um, and to prevent certain teams from maybe buying up all the good players so that none of their rivals can um, get any. And it also protects the on-field product for at a, on a bigger league proportion because, you know, it is much more interesting for a sports league to have a bunch of good teams rather than only one because it gets predictable and it gets boring. Think about the last couple of years in NASCAR. They purposely changed the way the championship was done because Jimmy Johnson kept winning them all. So they changed it so that it would create more competition and a better product. The same thing with salary caps is that they did this to prevent a team like the New York Yankees from buying up all the good players so that then it gets, if you're not a Yankees fan, you don't like it and you can lose interest in the sport. So, um, you know, and it's really good for, um, you know, various sports too to make sure that the the teams can't go bankrupt on player salaries. Sometimes, you know, in your desperation to win, you may overspend on players and then you could wind up bankrupting a team which could really hurt the league. So, one major difference for the American Sports Leagues, um, all the major sports leagues have some type of salary cap. Major League Baseball has something called the luxury tax which is a system where teams whose total payroll exceeds a certain figure that's determined annually by Major League Baseball, then a tax on the excess amount is put on. And that's, to, again, to discourage large market teams from having higher payroll than the rest of the league. Um, the tax is paid to the league, and then it puts it into its um, industry fund that it uses for marketing and God knows what else. So... Um, that's why you get teams like the New York Yankees who will spend a God knows amount of money. They're willing to pay the luxury tax in order to buy a championship. And that's what happened in the late 1990s and why they were so good. And while now they're, it feels like they're having a renaissance because the last couple of years they haven't been good because they were bloated with excess payroll. So that's where that kind of um, figure comes in. Salary caps can be really complicated. So I have created the definitive guide to salary caps. It is free on Sports Gal Pal if you sign up for our email newsletter. Um, so you can get that for free and really understand salary caps and what goes into it because I guarantee you the majority of sports fans don't understand them. Um, I'm still learning about them. But at the same time, it's really important to know this so that when you're going into a draft situation, into free agency, or you hear your players, you know, your favorite players about to be traded, it helps you kind of understand and remind us as Mandy Antonacci from our very first podcast episode reminded us that, you know, sports is business and it's a billion dollar business. So it's interesting and I'm really glad you brought up the um, topic, Trisha. So thank you. If you have a question about sports that you want the Sports Gal Pal to answer, all you have to do is email me at Ramona at SportsGalPal.com or you can tweet me at SportsGalPal on Twitter and I might answer it on the air. 
So, um, again, thank you all so much for joining me today. And, again, thanks to Sam Rappaport from USA Football for coming onto the show. Remember, don't hate the game. Just try to understand why he loves it so much. If you love the Sports Gal Pal, make sure you subscribe to it and leave a review because it helps other people discover the podcast. To keep up with all things Gal Pal Nation, make sure to follow me at Sports Gal Pal or you can like the Sports Gal Pal Facebook page. And P.S. Go Who's Beat Vanderbilt. Let's bring the College World Series home. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.